Hey, Michael. Hey, Nate. What? Uh, oh my, uh, dude. Um, what the hell? What the cybernetic arms? Yeah, and they're not even like what? I, I don't even know. What to, I I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I. I just say I I told you to let the Wookiee win. I said I don't want to talk about it, jackass. Enjoy your stay at the city casino. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino. We are your destination for collecting and gaming. I am the administrator and host of this facility, Michael Morris, and. That sound you hear of the whining cybernetics is Nathan Butler and his cybernetic arms. Hey, everybody. I, I think part of the whine is me because I don't like him, but okay. Well, I mean, I don't know why you had to go with such a cheap model. You'd think with something like arms, you would uh, invest extra to, to actually get something a little nicer. Just, just hey, my thoughts. Hey. We're a casino. There's nothing around here but cheap models. Oh, you're talking about the arms. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. We uh, we kind of we'll get through all of our, our different stuff. We've got uh, lots of little things for this episode, but the main thing is we need to hop back to the This Is Madness tournament. You know, the one that you became a uh, Star Wars Nostradamus and predicted everything correctly. Oh, uh, you know, I prefer the American pronunciation, which is Nostradamus. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten kind of lucky. I know when we talked about it on the show last time, or I guess a couple times ago now, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of coming into it cold. I had, You'd basically said, hey, let's talk about it, and I had a chance to look at it briefly, but I hadn't actually created brackets and put them in. So after that, I went in and actually put in brackets for the contest, which turned out to be a little bit different than what we talked about. I think you swayed me in a couple of oh, cases. No. <laughs> um, I, may have, I may have screwed you out of big money. Yeah, But, uh, but yeah, uh, so far I correctly predicted Obi-Wan over Padme, mm -hmm. um, R2 over Sabine, Luke over Hera, uh, unless something drastic changes in the next uh, six hours as of when we're recording this. I've correctly predicted uh, Han over Chewie, right. uh, Vader over Fifth Brother, Jabba over Seventh Sister, Palpatine over Asajj, and Darth Maul over Tarkin. Okay. So, so far, so good, but I'm a little bit worried about a few, like uh, Yoda versus Finn. A little bit worried about that one. I went with Yoda. Um, I, I think a that's a good choice. I think you're, you're I fine think on so, that. But, uh, I'm a little bit worried about uh, Dooku versus Phasma. Because I went with the one that actually, you know, did something in the movie. Um, but I'm kind of wondering which way that's going to go. And mm -hmm. then I still went with, and you tried to talk me out of it, I still went with Callus over Grievous. Because I'm still thinking of the great disappointment that was Grievous versus the, oh, well, he's a film character versus a cartoon character. But in virtually every other instance, I chose mm -hmm. film over cartoon. So that one may come back to bite me. But, uh, but I'm angling towards a final clash of basically the end of the force awakens i've got it being ray versus kylo ren at the end and ray walking away with it so we'll see okay so my um yeah because we, we didn't get that far but i'll go ahead and, and say my final winner ended up being 
uh, Han Solo. I, I think I, I do think Han Solo is going to walk away with it. If he does not, I think that Ray is a, a very likely candidate. Um, the one that I still am kind of uh, worrying about that you haven't mentioned is your choice of Leia over Poe. Ah, but I that's one that you swayed me on before <laughs> I did my actual brackets. I did decide to go with Poe, but it still wound up being Poe versus Ray, and then Ray whooped him. So Right, and, and I think that's yeah, th- I think that'll work out. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully I didn't sway you incorrectly, but that was the only one that I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, now, you chose BB-8 over Ahsoka, was that correct? Yes, I still kept BB-8 over Ahsoka. Okay, all right. So, basically, looking through everything so far, the ones that where I've screwed up is I chose Hera over Luke. Um just because I know there's a lot of people who really, really love Hera. And I know that uh, Luke kind of got beat out by Ahsoka a while back. And I'm like, maybe some of that stuff transferred over. It did not. Um, Ouch. Now, I, I will say something that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. When I went through and did... like We had those original brackets. And when I went through and placed my bets, so to speak, set up the brackets on the contest thing, uh-huh. um, we had mentioned how it hadn't been an issue before. But that sometimes they would use like a like prequel Obi Wan versus original yeah, trilogy, and then Obi-Wan. they changed it on and, us. Yeah, but the pictures are different. <laughs> they totally changed. Like, I saw that. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" After we made such a big deal about it, and then they're like, "Nope, no longer CGI Yoda. Nope, no longer young uh, Obi Wan." Like, great. Seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, George. Even though George isn't around, I can still say that because I'm still sore over the whole rocks in front of R2 from only one angle Blu-ray thing. Oh, well. You know. But you did, see, you did see the picture that started going around social media today, though, of him sitting at the uh, the restaurant all dejected looking. I, pu- I, I felt the urge to have to post about his chicken nuggets, you know, about how at first he ordered one and then he decided to order 12 and then actually he changed his mind to nine. And then he said he'd always ever ordered six, except then he wound up wanting a little bit more and then said that basically, well, you know, he said that he didn't want any more nuggets, but not that his pals might not. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. I think I got my lick in for the day. <laughs> I, I was going to hop in, but I, I thought better. I, I decided to take the high road, and by that mean I was lazy. Um, but I was going to put on there that uh, he actually decided to go back and order the spicy chicken nuggets since back when he originally ordered the nuggets, that the spicy chicken nuggets were not an option. But now that was that always his intention yeah. was spicy. But then, but right. then of course, a few years later, he decided, nah, I actually kind of want the lemon chicken, and no, it's not <laughs> actually barbecue. Sounds good because we. <laughs> We are on, you know, what, the third iteration of the special editions now. So. Right, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> what you call that? I'd like the uh, the uh, combo number five special edition. Yeah, but uh, that that's fine. That's fine, George. We love you. You can have chicken nuggets however you want. I'll even put a muck in front of them if you like. <laughs> All and right, think- man. Do what? And I think the uh, the This Is Madness so far, I think I've, it's just been luck on mm-hmm. my end, I think, just because I felt like some of these choices weren't much of choices at all, like Vader versus Fifth Brother. But we're getting down to ones that are going to be pretty tough pretty soon. If BB-8 makes it through, it'll be BB-8 versus Yoda, for instance. Yeah, right. this is going to be a... Uh, I got a feeling it'll be a bloodbath very soon for me. I've just been lucky at these first these first rounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I I don't know. I think I think you're doing 
pretty strong. I, I don't think that uh, there there may be a couple that trip you up, but I think you you pulling out of this first round that uh, that's really helped you, and uh, it, it should we'll see how it goes from there on out. But uh, like I said, I was surprised because I, I was really I, th- I think I just overthought everything, but that's okay. That's that's what I do. I'm I guess technically the only ones that I've really screwed up is the 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 Luke versus Hera one. So I think that's the only one I screwed up so far. But I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come. Um, but talking about like voting and stuff, man, have you been paying attention to this uh, Star Wars podcast award? I sort of have. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's cool to see that there's finally Star Wars podcast awards again. Um, back years ago when the genre first started, for a few years there, when the community was kind of clustered around one website, which was StarWarsFanWars.com, my site, uh, that it was kind of cool because we had sort of the people's choice. We had the uh, uh, the academy-type voting. Then we eventually went to a broader people's choice-type thing. And it just got to a point where the genre was too big and too scattered to really make it truly representative. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how this one plays out like uh, – I, I really didn't pay that much attention to, you know, well, what shows were all nominated? Uh, what shows wound up reaching each different level? But I find it interesting that this one actually went with a pure nomination system. Right. Where it was basically, if you f- have one that you think is good for this, just give us a nomination. And that's how they created the list. So in theory, even obscure podcasts could get in if their listeners uh, were following it. So I think they've, uh, it, it, it's the right time to bring something like this back. And they're doing it in what seems to be a pretty good way. I, I'd be concerned a little bit about like ballot box stuffing, um, although it is by IP, I believe, um, since it's SurveyMonkey, and, which I use for work a lot. And I'm a little bit of, uh, I don't know, the thing that always bothered me back in the day was you can have a podcast basically put out the call, hey, go vote for us, and hey, I'm going to get my cousin and my, my wife and all these people who've never listened to a podcast Vote for us, right? Which is, is always going to be a thing when you get the public vote. And that's why we actually had an, a dedicated academy where they couldn't be directly involved in any of the projects that year and had to listen to all the different nominees to be able to be considered for being part of the academy. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's time, and I think that that with the technology of now, they're they're doing a pretty good job with it. I, I right. commend Andy for for pulling this together, and hopefully, it'll come out. Um, with, as something that can continue year to year. Right. And, you know, I mean, in, in my opinion, it has to be official because the uh, Star Wars Report Network is pulling so strong on it. So that means that it's got to be right, right? <laughs> uh, not sure if that's the way it works, but I'll ask Trump. Okay, excellent. Well, <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly kind of run through everything. So out of Fanboy, I'm not seeing anybody on here that is... Uh, directly connected with our network um so i guess we're not fanboys enough but that's okay um i'm pulling it up as we speak see you spring these topics on me and i'm like what sorry i just thought of it and i was like hey while we're here (laughs) yeah so but yeah you, you you can tell me if there's a there's a fanboy that may have a closer connection to us the the closest i can kind of think of is maybe um Steve Glosson, since he, you know, he he's comes on the Star Wars Report quite a bit. He's on here for Rebel Yell, uh, and then of course uh, Teresa 
from Star Wars Bookworms is actually on that one as well. So that's really the closest connection that I think we have to that one. Yes, from what I can tell. Uh, Fangirl, though, we uh, were pretty representing pretty strong in that one because both Bethany Blanton is she's nominated for the Star Wars Report, and then Teresa is nominated for Star Wars Bookworms. So that I thought was pretty cool. True. Although interestingly, Bethany is nominated for Star Wars Report, but she was not listed also as Rebels Roundtable. She hasn't made a lot of appearances, but she is now uh, a team member of the show, although it's ending, so maybe people just don't care. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. I don't understand how people think. Uh, so the people's choice. Uh, I don't know that we have anything close there. So Fangirl's going rogue. Uh, Teresa's on that one. So that is uh, probably our, our, our closest tie. Actually, Teresa it, like pretty much swept up. That that's a big part of why uh, everything's not like so strong is because it's like, well, that Teresa's on that. Teresa's on that. Uh, so I think it's a combination of people love Teresa and she does everything. We also have uh, my Star Wars story, which is Scott Riffin, who has done. He's been on uh, Star Wars Report quite a bit. He was on Star Wars Tonight, and he was even nice enough to come on our show. So yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I know him mainly through Facebook and such, but yeah, good guy. Yeah, funny dude too. So your favorite podcast adaption or fan fiction? I don't know any of these. Uh, I honestly, uh, except for hearing of Smuggler's Bounty before. That's true. Okay, I do yeah. know Smuggler's Bounty. That one's that but one's pretty good. But uh, I haven't actually heard much of any of these. But I. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting, though, again, that these are coming back because there was this big, big surge back around 2002 to about 2007-ish. Right. Where you would see a lot of fan audio dramas. Um, if at the first serious Star Wars fan audio drama released online ever uh, right. was Second Strike that me and Chris Hanel and, and this massive team did. And they kind of caught fire for a little bit. But it tended to be sort of the same people working on them very often. Like like uh, like you'd see somebody who maybe is writing this one, doing voice work on this one. Okay. And it eventually kind of faded. I think because the with podcast software and, and whatnot growing, people switched more to the radio show format and steered away from the much more difficult to produce right, audio yeah. drama stuff with the music and sound effects and everything, which is unfortunate because there's some really, really good shows that were out, uh, were out there for that genre um, that probably, the ones, especially ones that came kind of at the end of that cycle, probably never right. really got their due. Yeah, I, I would actually, and, and when I say that, I don't know these, that's not because I'm like, eh, that, like I would actually love to check them out. So I should probably do that. Uh, I'm not sure which of these are good. There is one that I listen to, which is Voxbox. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, he does. It's hosted by Michael Corley, and he does the old Star Wars comics. He will actually read them, and then he'll have people come come in and do uh, dramatic readings of, nice. of those comics. So it's fun, and, and they're little short ones. So they're like maybe 15 minutes an episode or something like that. A uh, lot of fun. I, I I really like those. He does a good job with it. So I, I need to check out some of the others as well. I was hoping he would make it to the final round, but I think he got uh, knocked out in the last round, which is unfortunate. But everyone can check him out, and then uh, maybe he'll make it higher next year. Um, favorite co- podcast based on collecting. We did not make it to the final round of this one. Well, see, we 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 gotta get our name out there. We gotta have people actually, you know, know we exist and everything. I, I try, man. <laughs> I, um, I would do. say I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna toss out a guess and bet that Star Wars Action News will probably be a shoe in for this one. They've been doing this for years. Right. Um, extremely strong team. I've had a chance to work with them uh, off and on doing segments and. Uh, and they actually were where Republic Forces Radio Network originally spun off from. Uh, Arnie and Marjorie put together a really strong show week to week. But that said, I haven't had a chance to listen to much in the way of the other ones, so it could be that they are facing stiff competition. I just, you know, I don't have the the listener knowledge of it. Oh yeah, well, so I listened to. I had to stop listening to Action News because they do the uh, the visual thing on it, you know, so you can actually see the the images that'll pop up as the the podcast yeah, goes along. The enhanced podcast thing, yeah, right. And because I use a Bluetooth setup for for my job, I, ha- I have to have uh, a bl- I, it's just way too cumbersome to try to do an actual one or whatever. So that kills my battery, and then on top of that, having that going at the same time. My battery just cannot take it, so I had to stop listening to that. But I do like the uh, the collector's cast from the Jedi News Network. For the the next one we have is uh, podcast cover art. Uh, I'm not sure I could tell you any of the cover arts, especially given the yeah. fact that you know the choices don't have images with them. Right. Um. I mean, they're, right. There, uh, there's some of them. I know. You know, we've had. Uh, uh, there's a few on here. So, Coffee with Kenobi. They have kind of an iconic one. Uh, Fangirls Going Rogue. They actually just had a new one thrown up. Um, not like threw up. Not like that's what it's. Uh, it was a new one created. There we go. That's the word. Uh, which is neat. It's it's like a uh, a female X-wing fighter in or X-wing pilot in her fighter. Uh, My Star Wars story. And then uh, skywalking through Neverland. Uh, but then, then the next category we have is the um, editing. The only one that I really uh, know on here really is uh, Star Wars Expose. Uh, Jeremy has actually been on this show before, and he he puts a lot of uh, time and effort into to making that thing go. And it, uh, I don't know. It's like you can you can definitely tell it. It it sounds like. Uh, you know when you hear, I'm trying to think of, of how to explain it, but it's almost like a like a news update, like fast paced kind of thing, um, like something you may see on like E or something. Cool. So I don't know, but anyhow, uh, we have then the uh, ensemble cast. Once again, the only one that I really know that's connected to fans girl, fangirls going rogue, which has Teresa on that. And uh, and I'm, can I say that I. I don't want to go too much into it because of of I don't want to draw ire, but oh, may I just say the, that there's a little bit of a, of the a third option. A, uh, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> third option is kind of funny given the fact that that team imploded while the voting was going on, and this podcast no longer exists for whatever reason. I'd love to find out the real story behind it at some point, but I got a feeling there are going to be more sides to that story and more different perspectives on that story than mm-hmm. episodes since their relaunch. Which is one, I believe. Wait, so so the Force cast has now been it is back up then? No, 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 no. They oh. had a they they gotcha. had a major. That's who we're talking about. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm can, caught up with it. And you can check right. out my vlog. It's actually vlog number three. Uh, uh, on it's YouTube.com/slash/user/slash/ChronoRadio. Mentioned it on the show before, but I started a vlog recently. And the third episode of the vlog, where it's just like random Star Wars questions, trying to be a voice of reason, was to address. 
all these claims when the show ended abruptly that it was the first Star Wars podcast. Oh, it's gone when it wasn't the first Star Wars podcast by many years. <laughs> That's right. Um, by far, it wasn't even the first one on thevorce.net. Um, but in in talking about it, it got into sort of what I, I finally just had to say, you know what? Why it happened, why it ended, and other people's issues they had with that team at different times or the various versions of the team. You know what? That ain't my place to talk about because I wasn't privy to it. So I just spoke right. specifically to their place in in podcasting. And they they may not have been the first, but I would I would equate Forcecast with kind of like the X-Men movie right. or the Spider-Man movie in that it gained more visibility for a genre that already existed and was already had some strong entries. But it, it certainly made it so that people took it, the, the genre, if not more seriously, they knew it existed and actually went to seek out more Star Wars podcasts because of the visibility the Force cast had at the time. Okay. Which was huge. Right, right. Yeah, it, it got really big there at uh, one point. So, uh, But the, the, the next one, and, and with that, they did say that, you know, even though they they have uh, since disbanded that that will stand since it was oh, yeah. for, for that time period, you know, uh, anything that comes out after, of course, we'll be able to go into stuff for next year and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so they, they basically were just kind of looking at a certain time period. So um, now this is the one I know that you're really excited about. Um, tell me. Uh, just, Foreign language? Yeah, just narrow it down. What's your top um, pick? There's only one that I'm particularly <laughs> versed in out of these, and that's Star Wars on Direct. They were actually the second Star Wars podcast or online radio show well before the word podcasting existed. They were the uh -huh. second one ever because it was Jedi Talk and then them. Uh, well, actually, there's several at the same time. It was like them in French. Right. Uh, Star Wars The Cantina in German and Digital Lama Radio in English all in 2001. I think Star Wars on Direct was actually the first of those three that year. And they're still going. They they switched over to English for a while or had an English and a French show. And I actually was, used to go on there fairly regularly. But now in recent years, they switched back to French only. It's a French-Canadian group that does it. Uh, uh, Sebastian Minot, Danny Pepin, and this, this, this group that's shifted over the years but sort of has a similar core. Gosh, what? Now, 15 years later. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that I know out of these. The other ones I wouldn't know. And I can't really listen to any of them because I don't speak any of the languages in question. Spanish, okay. French, uh, Dutch, or not Dutch, uh, German. It says Deutsch. German, German. I speak okay. douche. I don't speak Deutsch. <laughs> so, you know, I was, uh, I was just being a smartass and I learned something today, but that's really cool. So, See, that's yeah. what I'm here for. Historical perspective on stuff that's so minute that nobody else cares about it. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we also did not make it into the gaming section, or the, the final round for gaming. Um, not particularly familiar with these except for Order 66. Haven't heard a lot of it, but Order 66 has been around for quite a while. Yeah, so I, I'm familiar with them, but I didn't really know them as a gaming podcast. But, I mean, that's cool. I, I don't... Really? I sort of knew them just sort of as a basic Star Wars podcast, I thought. Maybe I'm thinking of another one, but I, I thought that was the one that I've listened to. Oh, this I, is I the group that, um, like, when, when some of the RPG games came out, I believe this was the group that did live plays okay. through the, the beginner games and such on the podcast. Okay. 
well, I maybe I need to be listening more. I it's it's funny because about every time that I do listen to them, it seems like one of them is like one on vacation or is coming off a of vacation and stuff like that. So I always hit like transition times. But uh, so hiatus or retired? Yeah. So this is kind of cool. Yes, Republic Forces Radio Network is up for this one. That is the the team basically that shifted over once Clone Wars was done uh, from being sort of under the Star Wars Action News banner to now being under the Star Wars Report banner uh, for the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, on which I've been a, uh, a panelist for quite a while. And, and I was a panelist for the last what, two to three seasons of uh, RFRN. So it's kind of cool to see a, a show on hiatus go on there, though it makes me wonder, when did you have to go on hiatus to be considered for this one? It was right. within the last year, I'm assuming. I think I think basically up to 2015 because I think that they're doing from 2015 to you know 2016 where they're uh, when they started the the podcast is or the when they started the awards is the cutoff. So I think at any point before they started the actual awards, gotcha. That, that so it's, so it's almost highest. like what we did with the Star Wars Fan Audio Awards with FanWorks. We had a like a Founders Choice thing initially where it was basically for anything prior to the year of the current awards we wanted to recognize sort of the 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 big movers and shakers of the past kind of thing yeah it sounds like <laughs> um and then uh we have choose your favorite intro theme uh once again uh rebel yell is on that which is uh steve glosson and Teresa delgado joint then our next one is the uh l- literature which we have two guys in there, which I don't know, because I thought about it, um, or we have two podcasts in there, and I thought about it, and I'm like, well, that's awesome, and then I thought, but it, it may not be, because yeah, it, it may, may not be, be splitting we may, us down the we middle. May, somebody's the John Kasich in well, this situation. Somebody's going to pull votes away from the one that actually can have a chance of winning, uh, but we just don't know who it is, and I yeah. find it interesting um, I wonder if half the people who might show up there trying to vote for for Mark and I's Star Wars Beyond the Films even would know that we're on the list because they're calling it Beyond the Films. The show's name is Star Wars Beyond the Films. So if someone's looking in the S's, they won't even see that we're on there. Possibly, but I, I think you're good because A, you're up at the top, um, and then B, you can see the logo from, from beforehand. I, th- I think you're good. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but I, I think, like I said, it's cool that y'all are on there. It's also cool that uh, Bookworms is on there. So you're basically, it's like what my my wife said. Uh, my wife's last name used to be Turner, and now it's Butler. So she says she upgraded, right? She moved higher in the right. alphabet, so she's higher on every every list now. You would be, well, you may not be surprised. You've, you've been around long enough to not. But uh, anyone who is younger may be surprised at how beneficial having a name that starts at the beginning of the alphabet and sometimes at the end just depending on what it is but how much difference that can make in your life <laughs> yep very true um so cha- your favorite new show we're on there Casino. so yeah I'm, I'm hoping that we can we can take this thing man i uh, i never win anything so you know may not win this either but that's cool uh, Stick we with might. me, kid. We'll lose <laughs> together. Wait, that's right. What? That's not how it's supposed to go. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping you know we're in the final round for this one. So I'm hoping that we can take this one home. I gotta say though, you know, with all due respect to everyone else on here, if we don't 
Idiots Array is another great podcast that uh, if we don't win it, then I hope that they do because they're some really cool guys. Um, I talk to them quite a bit on Twitter, and I've actually had writer Waldron on the uh, the show before. So a uh, bunch of cool dudes. So like I said, that's that's who you know. Of course, I'm I'm voting for us, but uh, if and I'm like okay, if if we don't get it, that's who uh, I hope pulls through. Um, and your podcasting network. Star Wars Report is also on there. Yep. With uh, all the shows listed this time around, I believe we we had a, a an ad- addition and tweak made, I think, in, I don't remember if it's the second round or what, but uh, uh, we apparently have so many shows on the network, they were tending to forget some of them while they were listing them. Uh-oh. But, yeah, looks like we're all on there now. <laughs> and then um, the very last one is the... Uh, TV review show. Uh, I don't see Rebels Round on that. Nope. Ouch. So. But that's okay. Yeah. So that's uh, okay because the other Rebels Roundtable isn't on air either. The people that you know decided they were going to use the name after we already launched with it and everything. <laughs> so neither Rebels Roundtable is on there. Yeah, I think something something with that the uh, the Rebels podcast seemed to be cursed. No kidding. I, I think it's just because with Rebels, mm-hmm. there's not a lot alliterative that you can do except like Rebels Review, Rebels Roundtable. Um, and if you're looking for something, actually, believe it or not, Rebel Yell was a topic or it was a name that we considered. Oh, wow. When we were first putting it together. I just don't think there's that many uh-huh. really creative names you could do based on Rebels. Okay, so I only had like one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, before we, we start getting into our different segments. But uh, I am now, I, I've actually ordered it. Now it's going to take me 11 months to receive it because that's how things work. But I've actually ordered my first uh, TK Stormtrooper armor. Sweet. Very yeah. sweet. So I went... How much did that run you? Um, so I don't think that they like... Uh, so the 501st, because it's... Uh, goes through there. I don't think they really like for people to talk uh, about that kind of stuff. Okay. But okay. so I, it's not I too bad. I, so, so I thought the five hundred first thing was that you built your own armor. So how it works is you now. There's a couple of ways you can do it, but you have to go through uh, specific vendors with them, right? And the you do a lot of the work. So even when I get it, I'm not going to be like, sweet, got the armor, toss it on. Like, it's going to show up looking um, straight out of the mold. So I will have to actually cut it and size it to uh-huh. myself uh-huh. and everything like that. There, there still will be a lot of work that goes into that. Okay, so 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 it's not like pay to win in a video game. I was thinking, it's like, man, look at this guy cheating his way into the 501st here. What the hell? No, you, you can do that, but it's like twice the amount of money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, speaking of money, so because I'm doing my research and everything, and unless I've got something wrong, and I don't think I do, so I chose the uh, the Shadow Stormtrooper because I'm like, you know what, I really like those guys. That's I've just lately, I've I've kind of had a, more of a connection to them. Uh, I, I was initially looking at maybe doing like a Tie Fighter pilot, and I'm like, no, you know, I don't know. It, What's it would have been a lot cheaper mm-hmm. if you just reached level 50 on Battlefront, dude. <laughs> well, if you want to run around as a Shadow Trooper, I mean. <laughs> This is true. I, I probably could have done that as well, but it uh, might have killed your brain cells by the time you got there. But well, that that's true. But then, if I want to do anything else, I'll have to buy uh, 
up or um, season passes and everything. So I'm like, screw it. You know what? I'll just I'll just buy the armor. Yeah, that's true. Once you add the game in the season pass, you could probably go buy some armor. Yeah, it's that that actually comes out pretty close to. No, that's not true. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want anyone to not understand that we're being sarcastic and be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I know that that comes out to being like less than two hundred bucks. So then armor is less than two hundred bucks, right? I'm doing this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sarc- sarcasm is the default setting. <laughs> um, but so the funny thing is, it's actually cheaper to go with the shadow trooper uh shadow stormtrooper armor than to go with the standard stormtrooper armor why is there a particular reason so it is and it's kind of funny so it's actually so to buy the armor itself it's a twenty dollar um it's twenty dollars more to get the black armor right however you also have to have everything besides the armor specifically the boots well, they don't just make white boots specifically like that, right? They're the the brand of the boots are Chelsea boots that or that's the uh, the style of the boot or whatever. So you can get Chelsea boots all over the place. However, if you want white Chelsea boots, then you're going to have to go to specific vendors. So you're going to end up spending around like eighty dollars for boots that you could probably get for around forty dollars in black. And therefore, therefore, you then subtract the twenty dollars more of the armor, and it's like, hey, I saved twenty bucks. <laughs> man, man, all this boot talk, right? Uh, it reminds me of Marco Rubio dropping out of there. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm bringing all I'm bringing all the politics and stuff that's into right, the show, and fine. he's like, this isn't what I brought you on here for, man. <laughs> that's it's that's fine. I don't. It it doesn't bother me. Coming in at like five o'clock or six o'clock on a Thursday to record. I don't expect you to bring all that crap with you, man. It's fine. It's just it's kind of like if you're telling me about um, things going on in France. I'm like, I can't really relate. I don't, un, you know, it's it's all it's all kind of weird to me. Now I'm making look, fun of the French. Look, 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 look. All you else. need to yeah. do to understand American politics right now is have a stiff drink. Run your head into the wall three or four times and try not to fall down. And that'll give you basically the feeling of being right in the middle of all the current political season stuff. It's it's easy. Right. Right. And and, and like I said, don't 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 get me wrong. It's not like that politics are over my head or anything like that. It's just that because I see that, I'm like, nope, nope. Big glass of nope. I'm out. So, yeah. It's well, fun. it it helps that I teach this stuff for a living. So I'm kind of embroiled in it, although... Although I'm one of the good teachers that doesn't try to tell students what to think or which side to believe. But uh, I know some teachers who are like, you should vote for X and just spend their time in lessons tearing down the other side. And I think that's extremely unprofessional. But uh, is X running uh, again this year? uh, I don't know if X is running. Uh, I know that X is in that new film uh, uh, Apocalypse, but I don't think he's running. Ah, excellent. All right, buddy. So. Now for the segment you've been waiting for, the Degeric Table. Yay! New stuff. New <laughs> that's stuff right. that's mostly all in the mail to me. That's right. So we've got we've got stuff that's been announced, we've got stuff that's coming soon, and we have stuff that's already out. And by already out, I mean has just come out. That's right. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games has quite a few new items We've got a new Force pack, the third for the indoor cycle that was just released, The Forest Moon, which, I mean, 
it's kind of like the rest of them. It's it's hard for me to get excited for a force pack these days unless there's something really weird about it because we're at the point where, you know, this pack included the 200th objective set, <laughs> which means right. that we're almost at 1,000 individually numbered cards if you don't count the multiplayer game expansion that had those couple of, of odd sets for the multiplayer scenarios. So I'm kind of burning out on the sheer amount of these. You should see the size. We'll have to post a picture of it. The size of the binder that I've got that has all these cards in it. Um, it's freaking ridiculous. It's to the point now where I... And I, I talked about this last time. My wife and I... And I finally got her to play, and she loves it. And we're playing, like, every night or every couple of nights. It's fantastic. I finally got her into Ascension. Oh, that's cool. Oh, which is a, Which is that deck build. <laughs> it's a deck building right. game, which doesn't require a bunch of setup. She loves that because we can jump in and play. We started, you know, at a level playing field, et cetera. I feel like at this point, it's way... With 200 objective sets, there's way too much of a hassle for me to pull the cards I want to play with to build the decks to play the LCG. I'm like... And that's the same thing that kind of happened back with the CCG from Decipher. I don't think it's got to the point where the rules have so much obscurity and so many nuances that it's suffering that way that the old CCG from Decipher did. But I really feel like it's suffering from just a glut of force packs and, and expansions and such that... I don't know. I think unless you're trying to play on a, on a truly competitive, quasi-almost-professional level out there like in tournaments and stuff, I feel like it's got to the point where, I don't know, I think the casual fan is going to burn out on it. Well, I think, um, now granted, so I, I've been keeping up with them, but this is a game I, I've been having a hard time jumping in, not because of uh, not you know disinterest or anything like that, but for whatever reason, where we have a huge group of players that play all of the other Star Wars, or the Fantasy Flight Star Wars games, there's not many people that actually play the LCG around here. So I've been having hard times, I've been having a hard time meeting up with some of, you know, some of the players who do play. Uh, so I've, I've not been able to, to really get into it. And, and with my thing is, I've even though I can look at the rules and stuff like that, I need to play a few times and kind of really grasp the the game, the mechanics, start to see where, okay, so this goes this way and this way, and then let me think, well, what if I use this one here or whatever? And, you know, I can kind of start looking through everything, reaching out uh, at some of the other objective sets and to really understand them. So I, I don't think it's that bad because I come from playing, uh, you know, I, I did Magic the Gathering there for a while, and a few times, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm done with this. And then later, I'd be like, I'm going to pick that up again. So, but looking at, like, say, Magic the Gathering, I mean, they drop cards so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the way that they do it and everything that I'm, I'm like, no, this is, this is still much, much better. Oh, uh, see, it's definitely a better model. And I love mm -hmm. the gameplay. In fact, if you're, if you're wanting to see how it plays, there is a, I did do a, a walkthrough tutorial video for, the original set on the YouTube channel. But um, but I don't know. It just It's the setup time. We talked about this on a previous episode where it's getting to a point where, that for me, it's mm -hmm. it's almost like a little kid. Like, I remember me and my uh, one of my closest friends when I was a little kid who lived in the house behind me. We would do these giant wars with our toys, right? And we'd just come into each other's house and just pick whatever toys we were going to use for our army 
and didn't care if it was He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, whatever. But it finally got to a point that we were getting into so many toys to try to make these giant armies that by the time we were ready to actually play, we had like half an hour before I had to go home. <laughs> right. I kind of feel like that's the way the setup goes, unless you're playing so consistently with the same objective sets that you're going to have them pulled already anyway. Or maybe I'm just an idiot because <laughs> I bother to put them into binders so that I can get access to them that way. I mean, maybe if I just stuck them all into a whole bunch of you know the little cardboard boxes, I'd be a much happier player for that game. So I think it's a little A and a little B. No, um... I think the binders are a good idea. So I have the binders too. I actually have two three-inch binders that I have everything in. And that way, you know, they're, they're separated. One's dark side, one's light side. And, but, so yeah, but I think that that's, that's what you want to do. Have the binders. That way you can see the objective sets. And the way, so there's six cards in every set. So how I have them set up is the first, or the front three are uh, the, the first three cards of that set, and then on the back side are the other three of that. Um, um, it may seem a little odd because you, you can't look at all six cards without flipping the page, but when you go to pull them, it makes it a lot easier to keep that set together because they're always on the same row. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, but yeah, I would keep... Now, I also on top of that, I have... So I have, there's a total of three, but there's these deck boxes. They're, I believe satin is the kind that they are. Then they're perfect for this game because they can actually hold two decks or two sleeve decks. So you can put your light side and your dark side in there. And then on the bottom, there's a little compartment so you can put your, uh, your little counters and things like that as well. Oh, nice. And so I'll tell you, mm -hmm. I, I, I've never really been a big proponent of like card sleeves and stuff because to me you probably ought to be able to keep your cards clean and and playable without needing to get card sleeves unless you're constantly traveling with them and stuff like that so it's never really felt like a, a, a necessity to me mm -hmm. but i'll tell you i when i again going back to the ascension thing i've I don't do things by half measures. So, like, last time we talked about Asc Ascension, I think it was we just picked up the collector's editions for year one and year two, and we're starting to play. Now we've got every set, and I'm going for all the different editions of each set, and they're just piling up in our living room, right? <laughs> um, but I noticed the first edition set of that game, the cards feel different than right. every other set. They were made through a different process. Right. So you basically have to play with card sleeves if you're going to mix it with any other set. Otherwise, you can always tell when you're drawing from you know that set versus another set. Um, and getting to sort of use those a little bit, that there's all these Ascension card sleeves that came from the eBay or that I got it from. Um, they actually they work fairly well, but that to me is just another step. If I'm going to be playing and I want to use card sleeves, now I'm going to have to pull them out of my binder and then stick them into card sleeves before I play them. As opposed to just pulling my the binder, which I was already finding cumbersome. Right. Well, like I said, that's why the the best thing to do is for one, don't you know, don't switch your uh, sets. Try to get a good idea of what you want to play, and you that way you may be tinkering a little bit, but you're only swapping out, say, you know, six to twelve cards rather than your whole deck. So if you're if you're going to swap out some objective sets, go. Oh, I think this objective set may work a little bit better than that objective set, and then you just you keep your the deck you're going to play, you keep that on hand, and and you just you know you work that you get used to it and and you get better with that deck. 
Cool. And then you can keep the binder if in case you need to jack your car up with something because it's so freaking huge. Um, <laughs> all right, so so card games. Uh-huh. We're good on card games. Um, RPG releases. There's not a lot of them recently. There have been quite a few in the relatively recent past, but since the last time that we really delved into it, there's really just been one new release that mm-hmm. I'm seeing, and that's from Force and Destiny. It's Nexus of Power, Worlds Strong in the Force. So it's kind of like the Strongholds of Resistance for Age of Rebellion, where it's like a planet guide, right. but specific to not a region, but a, a thematic thing about it. In this case, World Strong in the Force. I haven't had a chance to check this one out. It's on its way from Miniature Market at this point. It just came out um, this week. But I'm, I'm excited for it. Strongholds of Resistance was very strong as a source book. So if this is anything like that, it's going to be a pretty strong entry for Force and Destiny. Okay. And that's one that I've played it before. I Even in some earlier episodes, we talked about adding the adding a role play session so i think it was i think it was supposed to be tw- once or twice a month and I, I was doing that and we were going to start or I, I even actually have some recorded but we were doing that and then just going to release those episodes uh, of those sessions on on the podcast or on the feed unfortunately the guy who was doing the uh, who was actually doing the the GMing or the game master? I guess you would say he had some work issues or whatever, and he had to bail out. And he's like, "Oh, it's like it should be getting better at some point." And then we just stopped hearing from him. But I would love to get back into that game. I uh, I played a Twilic, a green Twilic face, face being like uh, the the person who pretty much does more talking rather than than doing uh, being a damage dealer or whatever. And I was a, I can't remember, let's see, so I was a smuggler. I think I was a scoundrel smuggler. I can't remember exactly. But yeah, that was my whole thing is I would just go around trying to to talk my way out of things and, and trying to do stuff. And it always went, even if it went well, it went poorly. Um, the, the last thing that we did was I had decided that I was going to, cause I picked up early on, I'm like, Ooh, I could see how this could be useful. I see how this could be help- useful. And so I picked up a restraining bolt and we had a, a droid that, uh, was talking and, but apparently we are all too stupid to realize that this droid cause the, the game master told us that it was a protocol droid by protocol. He meant, you know, protocol to kill because it was a, uh, HK assassin droid. Nice. And so when I go to, even though like I pass all my checks and everything, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. He's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because he's actually evil. So now he's going to kill you and he shoots you with a rocket. And I'm like, oh, nice. I'm like, well, that's not very that's, fair. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah. It's very harsh. Although, although it raises a question and maybe this is something to explore on a totally different venue like the vlog or something. But uh-huh. it just struck me. So you give the orders to the droid. When it's got, when it doesn't have a restraining bolt, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to follow your instructions, you put the restraining bolt on it, and it has no choice, and you can do pretty much whatever you want. Which begs the question of: Is a restraining bolt in Star Wars a sociological analogy, or um, is it the Star Wars metaphor for rape? I think somewhere out there, someone's brain just exploded and, and they started furiously typing how they desperately need uh, sociological studies on this and that they need to ban um, A New Hope because of the restraining bolt. I'm, I'm sure it's probably that same guy who doesn't want the Slave Leia 
action figure in stores. Very, uh, very possible. <laughs> um, all right, so so miniatures games this time around. We've got uh, news for Armada and new releases for X-Wing. Uh, the new releases for X-Wing, it's Wave 7, isn't it? Holy crap, we're already at 7. Uh, you got The Ghost from Rebels. Yes. Puni- Punishing One. Yes. Mist Hunter. That is correct. And also from Rebels, the now-dead Inquisitor's tie, although the new Inquisitors also fly basically the same type of ship. So these are they, they look great. I know the Ghost is so big, it's on basically one of the stands from an epic ship instead of the regular large-sized ship uh, prong or whatever you want to call it, stand. Uh, Miner on the way, also from Miniature Market. That's where I buy most of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't had a chance to actually get hands-on with these yet. You said you played against one. Uh, recently, didn't you? Last night, yes. I um, so I, I gotta say that they're bringing a lot of weird, uh, not weird, just different. No, they're weird. Yeah, they're they're bringing some some mechanics <laughs> into this game. <laughs> uh, for instance, the way they're doing with the docking with the ghost. Uh, you, if you have the ghost title, you can then take the phantom and put the phantom docked into the ghost. And, and unless I'm mistaken on this, I got, I got to double check it. But it, it, with that being the case, it still shoots like a second ship. And it oh, not, sh- so, so it's got, well, I mean, that makes sense because mm-hmm. that's the way that it works in the show. When it's attached, it can still fire depending on right. which direction it's facing. Right. So so you'll still sort of get the the attack for that, but it only fires out of your rear. It's not even an auxiliary firing arc. It's a special firing arc. So that's that special firing arc. Uh, it can now shoot out of that. Now, otherwise, does the whole connecting thing work pretty much the same way as a was it Nashta pup and houndstooth work? Even though I play the YV six six sixes pretty much religiously since they came out, I have not, yet to play that. I'm not sure you that. want to put six 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 and religiously in the same sentence. <laughs> hey! So we anyhow, <laughs> um, you know, I've never played that and. I never felt like it was really worth the the points for it because it was six points. It's kind of a lot for what it is, and everyone else seems to kind of do the same thing. So I'm not a hundred percent on how that one works, other than it's just when it blows up, it's there. Whereas this one, you can just dock and undock um, as an like an action or something like that during the the movement phase or planning phase somewhere in there. So you know, it's it's kind of. It's kind of interesting. It gives you that uh, back arc, but then again, you're paying all the points for it and everything. So, mm-hmm. myself personally, I don't see the the benefit of it. But a lot of people are psyched about it, so maybe I'm not seeing something about it uh, that's going to make it awesome. Uh, I'm the, curious. Sorry. No, I was but but there there are plenty of other really cool things about this ship that I do like. I'm very curious to see the scale of the the phantom versus like an x-wing because we haven't seen a lot of that type of stuff where the phantom is next to a lot of familiar ship types except maybe tie fighters in the show but i don't know having it be able to dock with another one of the ships which granted is bigger than the that's what i want to know too is the ghost really supposed to be bigger than the millennium falcon because yes the 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 figure is Mm -hmm. the mini is um but that begs the question of okay the ghost looks relatively small in the show, but given that it does have kind of like a little cargo compartment type area, how does it compare to the size of an X-Wing? It's not something we've seen much. So I'm wondering, 
I mean, I would hope that they kept the scale that they've been using. Right. But I would think that that's one of the instances where you'd probably, if you're going to see the scale get kind of fudged, it's mm-hmm. probably the phantom that would cause the fudging. Right. Well, so here's the thing. It actually, uh, because a lot of people thought it was going to be smaller. And I'm like, no, it should be bigger. And then, of course, they that's what they decided to do so they so i think for the the fantasy flight scaling it looks correct to me and uh it actually from you know i don't have this on hand to pull it up but it is actually larger than the falcon uh at least as far as its width it may be slightly mm-hmm. shorter in length than the falcon but i know for a fact that it is actually uh slightly uh, fatter, basically, or wider than the the Falcon. So it it appears to be correct to me. Cool. I haven't really seen that one in action yet. Uh, for us with the local game shops, there's kind of been a bit of an issue, and uh, everyone is just we're we're recording on Thursday, and um, that's when everything showed up to our local game shops. So I haven't gotten the chance to play too much. There was one. Uh, individual who um, I was able to play against last night who played Dengar uh, in the Jumpmaster 5000 and he had the uh, the Punishing One title on there and then he had the uh, um, what's the other thing the, the Astromech and Gonk and the unfortunate thing is that they did something that can never be un unseen. It can never be unseen for me. It can never be undone. And they referred to the Jumpmaster, which I will always admit, yes, it's an it's an ugly ship, but they are referring to it as the toilet lid. And so that's all I'm ever gonna see now. Nice. Because <laughs> it does. It looks just like the lid of a toilet. So, but playing it though, very, very interesting. I did manage to beat it uh, with my my YVs, but he has some some cool mechanics. So the his little uh, droid, it's the salvaged uh, astromech. It does this thing where if you shoot at it once per turn, it can actually shoot back, and or, or basically it'll roll a die. And on a hit, you take the damage. Um, if it's a focus or if you roll a miss, then nothing happens. If you roll a crit, though, both ships take damage. Cool. Um, and which crits are pretty hard, so that's it, it's kind of worth it for that. But on top of that, if you attack Dengar, and it, if Dengar's the pilot, and you attack him, then he gets the option uh, for, and this, I'm pretty sure this is once per round as well, but he gets the option to turn around and attack back. So, Dengar essentially can be dealing out sort of three different attacks in a turn, um, as long as, like I said, it's in his front arc. Ooh, I yeah. like that. I like, and, yeah. and I would definitely, where I'm playing as the Rebel, be going after Dengar if at all possible. Because, you know, Dengar is Simon Pegg, and I'm still a little sore about him being able to, you know, basically bash half of Star Wars and then turn around and get a role in that era and be like, oh, this is so awesome, <laughs> and then wind up getting a role also in The Force Awakens. I still feel that uh, there's an extent to which if you're talking trash, you should have to stay with the trash, but that's just me. Um, speaking of miniatures games, yes. we also have an announcement for Armada. 
Um, they call them flotillas. This is an interesting thing to me, but they only really show two of them. It's like, it's not the regular size ships of, say, something like, uh, oh, like the Tantive IV type ship, the Corellian Corvette type ship. Right. But it's also not as small as the little starfighters and the little uh, heroes and villains type things they did where they released, say, a YT-1300 and the teeny teeny form on the little peg. It's like a middle ground where there's two ships on a shared prong. But as cool as that sounds to have a new scale of ship in that game, there's a part of me that's like, really? That's what you're going with? Because they're starting it with rebel transports and Imperial Assault Carriers. Now, this totally plays into my desire to have a huge game of Armada that then moves down to a smaller scale engagement of X-Wing that then moves to the ground for Imperial Assault. I love it. I love that it's playing into that, so it's cool to see them have these different ships across all these different games that could theoretically allow that kind of thing to happen. But of all the things to make the beginning and the premiere of this new scale, is the Imperial Assault Carrier from Rebels and... The rebel transports that, I mean, in X-Wing can't really do much other than energy-related stuff. I mean, they, they don't even attack, right? Right. Which, so here's the thing, because I was talking last night with um, a, a local guy who, he's he's a little more in the know. You know, he, he has some more information than what the, a regular person might. And he says, you know, he doesn't, even though he doesn't have anything about this, he did kind of come up with... Uh, something about this that makes a lot of sense, which is that we're going to see uh, new objectives with these ships. And essentially, he said it could be something like, okay, hey, you get these ships, you can add them for free, and but it's a situation of like, hey, if they survive the entire game, then you get X amount of points, whereas if they get blown up, your enemy gets X amount of points or something like that. So... It maybe it becomes sort of like a uh, an escort type of uh, objective that uh, adds something else to Armada rather than just being a straightforward attack. Um, cool. Example of this would be you know the Battle of Hoth where they said we lost, let's get out of here, and the X wings you know that you had the the ion cannon fire and then the X wings would then a- escort the. Um, Mm-hmm. the transports out so so perhaps it's something like that i think that works really well for what we have um like the gazanti it seems to have been you know we've seen it first show up in rebels and then the only other thing that i know that it's shown up in is lost stars uh both times it seems like it's it's been connected with high profile um Imperial officers, or you know, uh, people who were higher up in the rank, like Darth Vader. Uh, is it Callus in, in the uh, the show, or was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so guys that um, you know may be a little bit higher up that way. So with that, it may be a situation of hey, we have a, a VIP here that uh, the rebels are trying to take out or or hijack or something along those lines. So so we may be seeing something like that with them. Which is cool, but at the same time, that's not really a full-on um, wave. So I'm hoping that either there's going to be more to this wave or that we get a full wave here at some point soon. Yeah, it reminded me of this recent release of basically, you know, it's a couple of months after the release of the new core set and how they bungled the crap out of that, which really <laughs> we thought wasn't their fault. Um, 
and they just release the T-70 and the First Order TIE Fighter separately, and there's no other wave around them to go with them. So right. I, I hope that this is not like that, that we're just seeing the first couple items out of a wave that'll maybe have four. Right, right. Or like I said, we'll get a full wave shortly after, because that, that one came shortly after this the last X-Wing wave. So hopefully that'll be the case that it's, you know, it's a little between wave type of thing, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. the way that they're showing it. So hopefully there's going to be more to it. I'm I'm not real sure. Uh, I'm just now getting into Armada, um, which may be a bad time. I don't know, but <laughs> we'll see. All right, man. So I think the only thing going on right now as far as uh, board games, but we do have or a little bit of video game news. So let's talk about that over at the Hollowvid. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, so what all do we have going on right now? Well, we've got, I guess, the the kind of carryover from one of the recent conversations that we had. Uprising has recently had its update of new content. And thanks to, I think it was a sector battle that happened, we now officially know that this is the end of Act 2. So you may recall that uh, you got to a point in the story where basically the purge troopers were coming after the hero and his sister, and that marked the end of chapter one. And then now this whole story since then has been about building up allies to stand up against the Empire and basically do something against them to try to uh, get them to back off. Only, of course, you wind up getting screwed over by some of your allies, and now it's more like a prison break story here at the end. Um where they're about ready to make the next big change. So in theory, if the story is going to go on, it's going to have a new direction with the next big update, which is cool. The downside is some of the stuff that we talked about in the recent patch that we thought was so cool, like the ability to trade crystals, like one set of crystals for other crystals so it's easier to upgrade your stuff. Right. Really sucks. (laughs) It's a step in the right direction, but it's, it's basically like saying, okay, I want to trade this Coke for a Pepsi. So, downside, I can't actually trade this Coke for a Pepsi, but I can trade this Coke for an RC Cola. So they're limiting you on what you can trade for what. It's like one for one, one for the other, but you can't just pick what you're trading for. Right. On top of that, there's also, it's it's basically like a five to one thing. So like, if I'm going to trade that Coke for an RC Cola, I better bring five Cokes for every one RC Cola that I want. And it's kind of like, you know what? If I had that many crystals of these other types, I'd be using other gear already. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, they got to step in the right direction in that you can break down crystals and you can do some crystal swapping, but the way they've set up the economy of the crystal swapping is just as asinine as everything with the crystals was before. They... It's one step forward, but they needed to make a leap forward and right. didn't. So it's yeah. not nearly as cool as we made it out to be last time now that I've actually seen it in practice. Right, right. It's Yeah, because I, I was looking at it too. Um, yeah, you will have the option to break some stuff down and then adjust them over and stuff like that. But it is, it's a lot of legwork essentially to, to make that happen. I think their idea is that you probably won't be doing it a bunch, but you may be doing because they did pitch like, oh, to get that last piece of gear or whatever. So I think they look at it as, look, if you're if you're having if you're frustrated, you're trying to get that last little thing or whatever. Here's a way to to get your crystals right. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not great for trying to do mass uh, conversions. Basically, well, it's just I think of it as. You know, they're saying, if you need that last crystal. The thing about it is, if I'm on just that last crystal that I need, I've probably gotten frustrated and quit well before then anyway. 
You need to do something in between that, because it's not even, I mean, it's almost an RNG thing. It's almost a, a random number generator thing as far as are you going to get the crystals that you need except in certain scenarios. Because you can go back and replay missions, but it's only for XP. You can't get crystals out of it, which is what's screwing everybody up. The fact that, you know, basically you can level up your gear, but when it's time to actually move it from one star to the next, good freaking luck. It's just, I don't know, they... They've built such a complex system of the way that all the pieces work together mm -hmm. in that game for upgrading that they've kind of trapped themselves. It's almost like they don't want to pull back and admit that they screwed up in how uh, insanely nuanced they made it. So they're trying to give us an out, but it's not a very good out. Mm -hmm. but, but at least they're doing something. It means that they're, t they're listening to the audience and they're trying to address it. They just haven't addressed it full force. And maybe if enough people are in grumbly about it on their forums, they'll take the next step and they'll make it a little bit more user-friendly once you get up there. Because I mean, by the time you're at like level 85 or whatever the heck it is that I am now, and you're sitting on the same gear you've been using for a while because you just don't have the crystals, it really sucks. The well, grind gets even grindier, which I didn't think was possible. Well, now you, you know how to try to get your, your crystals, right? You get you do those the daily opportunities, the daily missions, and you can send out the crew when there that one happens to be available. Well, the the best way that I've found is to do your um the assault missions. Yeah, the assault. Yeah, the assault missions you can actually get the assault missions, mm -hmm. and even sometimes the daily credit missions you'll just luck into them. Right. But yeah, from the standpoint though of I mean those are limited per day. And you get different crystals on di on each different planet, right? So right. in a sense, you can sort of uh, right. aim for well, it, and, but still. Well, and too, so how you do it is you can salvage gear and weapons, mm -hmm. and so for instance, some of those those gear and weapons will come from a certain planet. Uh, and I can't remember exactly, but I think like the green crystals will come from Hoth. Therefore, you can go to Hoth so you can get green crystals that way. But also, if you get like the I think Hoth is smuggler, and then you break that down, then you can get green crystals that way as well. So True. basically, so you don't get. I mean, you're still mm -hmm. getting unless. So you try to dive into a mission, and there's going to be different tiers you can start it on. There's like the or the lower tier, which has lower rewards, and that's you know a good chance of success. Then you got one that's a risky chance, but slightly better goods. And then oh look, here's another one you don't have enough power to do. That'll actually get you the crystals that you need. To get to the higher level, you need crystals to upgrade your gear. But to upgrade your gear, you've got to do the mission in the first place. It, it's just, it's, the it, again, it's, it's this circular grind. Um, and it would make sense, maybe, if they took their, they've got this, one of the things you can do, folks, you can spend crystals, chromium, um, you can spend that at this little crane that's almost like a little crane toy thing in a store where it reaches down and grabs you something. And that, you you can use like requisition script that's easy to get to get the crappy crane, or you can spend the chromium that costs real money or is tougher to earn in order to get the premium crane. But the premium crane doesn't really guarantee you really good stuff. I mean, I don't know how many times I've ran the premium crane, and thanks to Jesus, so to speak, um... I mean, I'm still getting garbage because you get to a certain level and most of what you get is going to be garbage because your level is so high. So, yeah, I mean, once it's it's like a game that's built so it's kind of like Battlefront has no end game content. This game is designed to get more frustrating the further along <laughs> you get, which shouldn't be the case that they want to keep people there, because if you've been playing long enough that you're you're in like the level 80s. 
you're going to be sticking around. You're probably going to drop some real money at certain points on this game. Maybe they ought to try to make sure that you actually stick around and keep playing and don't finally say, you know what, screw this and put it down like I've been thinking about, except now I'm stuck with it because it's the only way I can get the information that I need for the timeline gold. Maybe so, man. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm just, I just, I'm just screwed. Um, yeah. A game that had an update recently that wasn't crappy, okay. uh, that didn't wind up having a whole bunch of issues, was Disney Infinity 3.0. Um, several things for this one. Uh, for Star Wars fans, at least, finally you can buy Boba Fett individually. Boba Fett released alongside the original release of the game uh, way back when, but only within that PlayStation Saga bundle that had the uh, 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 Twilight of the Republic playset with Anakin and Ahsoka. It had the Rise Against the Empire playset early with Luke and Leia, and then those were eventually released later, but Boba Fett still hadn't been. So Boba Fett finally has been released, so... There's that. You don't have to keep scouring eBay and going to scalpers who took them out of their saga bundles or something. Uh, and, of course, you can actually buy it now independent of needing to buy PlayStation-branded stuff if you're playing on a different platform. So that's cool. They did an update recently to Disney Infinity 3.0 version 2.0. That's going to get confusing real fast. <laughs> that uh, introduced a new playset, too, but it wasn't Star Wars. They introduced the Marvel Battlegrounds playset, the first playset... Right that they've ever sold for Disney Infinity that has one figure with it instead of two. And it's basically a story mode and a versus mode that gives all the Marvel figures from 3.0 and 2.0 new movesets. And basically it's like a brawler free-for-all. It's, it's really, really fun. And alongside it, in the package, you get uh, Captain America the First Avenger, which is basically Steve Rogers without the, the hood thing, it's cowl on. Um with different moves than the old Captain America from 2.0. Plus, uh, they released Black Panther, Vision, Ant-Man, and again, finally, in a general release, because otherwise it was a PlayStation Vita bundle of 2.0 exclusive, they have now released Black Suit Spider-Man as an independent character. So mm -hmm. it's a big time for Disney Infinity 3.0, granted it's not new Star Wars content beyond Boba finally getting a general release, but that Marvel Battlegrounds is actually really, really cool. Um... And they've got it set up so that it can use the 2.0 Marvel figures also. So that's the first time you've had characters that were native to an earlier game being native to a playset in a new game. Usually they, they can only be using the toy box. Uh, and um, they've got it set up to be four players. So you can do like four-player combat. And since the pad only has two figure spots on it, you can actually, uh, in order to play in the Battlegrounds, you basically just put it on there once and it unlocks it forever in the game. So, like, if if you got a cut, you know, like your kids or adults like me, um, <laughs> and the neighbors' kids are all playing, and they've got different figures. As long as they each at least use it once or put it on the pad once, it's unlocked forever on that to be able to play. You don't need the figure, and it, the progression isn't even locked to the figure on it. You earn XP in the story mode, but the XP you just cash, and then whenever you leave you have the ability to basically just funnel all that XP you just earned into whatever figure that you want to level them up, whether it's Marvel or possibly even not. Uh, I, it's a really good setup, and since they've said that they're not going to be doing a version 4.0 of Disney Infinity within the next year like a lot of people expected, it's good that they're focusing on creating new, strong content for this instead of just milking it. Yeah, I, I was pleased to, to hear about that because I'm like, well, I, I feel like it just came out, 
And if it seems like there's still uh, places that they can go with it, you know, the way that, that the game is set up of, hey, you buy this expansion and then you get the story with that and everything, it's like, well, I, I don't want to have to then turn around and buy the 4.0 game in order to, to play the other expansions as well. Like, let me, just let me keep putting the expansions on the 3.0. So I was happy about that. I think that was a, a smart move. Um, definitely not uh, as, as greedy as it could have been. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's a good. I mean, three has a lot of good options to it right now. You've got. I mean, personally, my favorite outside of the Star Wars sets has been Speedway. I mean, you basically have mm-hmm. Mario Kart using whatever characters you want, including Star Wars characters. So if you've been looking for something that's kind of like Bombad Racing but doesn't <laughs> suck, and haven't we you all? Play this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's cool. And in, in the uh, from everything I've I've seen and heard about the. Uh, the ba- the Marvel Battlegrounds seems a lot like the uh, Super Smash Brothers, which yeah, that's that's what really it reminds good. me of too. Yeah. But it doesn't quite play the same as Super Smash Brothers, but it's got that sort of easy to pick up and just bash the crap out of each other thing. It I think there was a lot of concern early on that on you know is it going to play like that? Is it going to play like like a hack and slash game? Is it going to play like something a little more intricate like a Street Fighter? And no, it's it's kind of a Smash Brothersy type of of feel to it, but I've been very impressed by it. I'm the fact that they added new move sets for all the Marvel characters for it, rather than just introducing new characters and being done with it. That is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so besides that, we have the uh, Battlefront thing news. Yes, what, what is kind this of little. Conf- VR isn't that VR, thing from the nineties? Reality? Uh, no, not from the nineties. Although I did have back <laughs> in the nineties, I had a Victor Max Stuntmaster, that stupid VR headset that was basically just a couple big screens next to each other that you stick on, and the way that it knew if you were looking left and right was it had a little, uh, little like antenna that you clipped to the the shoulder of your clothes, so when you turned your head, it turned a knob. God, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> but. No, VR is sort of making a comeback this year. You've got the Oculus Rift that's coming soon for PC that's about $600 by itself. Goodness. um, Which is pretty heavy. And you have to have a really high-end PC to be able to run it. So how far that goes, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious. But then in October, I believe it is, you get the release of PlayStation VR. And PlayStation VR is $400, the cost of a PlayStation 4. (laughs) You play it on your PlayStation 4 with your PlayStation 4 camera sold separately and possibly using the PlayStation Move controllers that work on both PS3 and PS4. Also, again, sold separately. I think there's going to be a bundle, but not at $400. But we've been told that among the many offerings that are already in the pipeline for PlayStation VR is Battlefront content, and they described it as there's Battlefront content for Battlefront that is exclusively accessible for VR and standalone Battlefront content for VR. So it seems as though we're getting at least two different chunks of Battlefront content that will be virtual reality-based using PlayStation VR, though whether it's going to be alongside it at launch in October, that I've seen conflicting reports on. Uh, I don't know if I want to adopt... I'm an early adopter a lot of times for for gaming technology. I'm not sure I want to drop $400 on PlayStation VR without actually trying it out. There there needs to be a setup at like a Best Buy or something to let you try it, because that's... I mean, that's like owning a PS4 and buying an Xbox One. I mean, which we granted, my wife and I did. But 
that's a lot of money to play to spend right. on what is basically a peripheral for another system. Right. Thankfully, we've right. got the camera already and we've got the move stuff. But if I was looking at buying all that at once, especially mm -hmm. buying like a PS4, you're looking at like a thousand dollar proposition. Right. Right. And and the thing is that it's like, oh, it's like the Connect, basically. And, you know, I mean, that's that's my thing with it is I don't want to invest in that. I, I don't feel like that the was it connect in the move. I don't think they really did that well for what they were. I don't think that they were anything special. And to well, think I, that I'll, I'll say this, the move actually worked really well. It's just that there weren't a lot of games that used right. it. connect was the other way around. Connect had a ton of games. But the original Connect on 360 just didn't capture your motions as well as it should. So you wind up with a lot of shovelware crap. Although, I can totally bust a move with I'm Han Solo on the <laughs> dance mode. Yeah. Galactic dance off. Hell yeah. And, well, and that's what I'm saying is, is not that they're completely useless, but they're, they're very gimmicky. Mm hmm. And. You know, gimmicky at maybe like a hundred bucks or something like that for a couple games, fine. But gimmicky at the four hundred dollar price range, to mm. me, that's a little. I think you're taking a, a big risk as a consumer because, for one, we don't. I would assume, looking at past video games and and, and doing stuff like this, that there's not going to be a lot of games come out for it, and then the number of good games for it is going to be even less. I don't feel like it's going to ever be worth the $400 price tag. I, I cannot see it doing that. I think it really is going to just depend on what's, what level of games come out for. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen previews of looks really cool, but then they've also got games. Like, when I think VR, I think you want to immerse yourself, which suggests that most of it should be some type of first-person perspective. But they're showing games that are like, you know, SimCity-looking stuff. For VR, and I'm not really right. seeing what is the big bonus of being able to play those types of games that aren't an immersive first-person perspective through a virtual reality headset. I mean, that to me is is odd. I although I think about, gosh, what was it called? Microsoft did a demo of a VR thing at E3. I think it was last year, where they basically had like a table. And these kids were playing, we're going to be playing Minecraft or something, and it let you pull up a VR version of Minecraft, your entire Minecraft thing in front of you, and like manipulate it to look at it. And it was almost like a, a, a VR meets AR kind of thing. Um, that looks really, really cool, but that, I don't know that we've heard a whole lot about since then. I think there's been little tidbits, but I don't think there's been a release date for the Microsoft equivalent of this stuff. Right. I don't know. I just, I have to be honest, I'm still just kind of, I'm very, you, I'm very hesitant. I'm very uh, skeptical. So You don't want to spend another $400 on Battlefront? You don't think that game's worth another $400? Heaven uh, forbid. Can I play as Greedo? Oh, yes you can, but you have to pay us more for a DLC. Now, here's my question. Yeah. Can you play as fat young greedo who got his butt kicked by anakin and can you play that in vr i mean if so then yes i can see that being worth the four hundred dollars dick lloyd's like you're gonna destroy my life again <laughs> oh now this is pod racing so 
I think that's going to cover pretty much everything. But before we head on out, let's move over to the vault. Everyone, if you are a Smuggler's Bounty subscriber, you should be expecting your Cantina box here anytime now. And they have announced the next one, which is going to be the Bounty Hunter. So it's Smuggler's Bounty, Bounty Hunter box. So... I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to speculate? Maybe what might be in it? I have no idea. Are you familiar with the uh, the? A little familiar bounty? with it. Isn't it the thing with like the, it's just got the Funko Pop right. figures and then other random stuff in it, right? Right. So so the first one they did two Funko Pop dolls. So I assumed okay, I guess we're gonna get two Funko Pop dolls every time. And I was like, well, that's cool. I, I like getting the the exclusive ones. They usually end up being a lot more fun. But getting two at a time, you know, and that's basically 12 a year. I like, I don't have the room. Fortunately, this last one, what they did was they gave you a, it's called flocked Chewbacca, which turns out flocked is a fancy word for fuzzy. Uh, so they had a, a fuzzy Chewbacca uh, Funko Pop. And then they also had a mug of C-3PO and the handle red Nice, very slick. I almost didn't recognize it. <laughs> right? Um, so th that's kind of cool. I don't know if they're going to do two for, uh, you know, I don't know if th there'll be two pops in, in this one, this Cantina one, or not. So mm -hmm. if we're looking at Bounty Hunters coming up, I, I would, you know, it's it comes down to, okay, so if we're getting Bounty Hunters, what would they, because they, they always have to be exclusive to that. So it's not one that you can just go buy in the store. So I, I was just trying to think, okay, who would they do? You know, would we get like a Zuckus or um, are they going to give us like a slimy Bosque version? I don't know. They could give you like a, a, a Zuckus who's like mooning and call it the Zuckass. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm reaching now because I mean, these are. It's just not my thing. Although no, I've, no, I've I hear, my yeah. wife quite a few of the little Funko Pop right. Yodas and now Kylo Ren because she likes them. But that's just, mm -hmm. it's never really been my wheelhouse. I, right. I, no, I hear you. And, and that's that's the thing. I mean, like I said, it's we're completely uh, guessing at it. I, that's why I was just trying to kind of give you, as an outside perspective, uh, what what could you see like as marketing like okay what's a you know what's a unique take because they they've done different ones before that are very neat you know they'll do so for instance Barnes and Noble just did a fin and they took the blaster out of his hand and put a lightsaber in there. Um, nice. Well, could they do like it's bounty hunter? Could they do like a Jodo cast? Just take essentially a recolored Boba Fett, or have they done that before? So, well, they haven't specifically done Johto cast. There has been the prototype that we might get. Uh, I was thinking possibly the holiday special, you know, the cartoon version of Boba mm -hmm. Fett. I, I, I could certainly see getting that. Are you alone? <laughs> oh it's like God. his one memorable line out of it. It's the whole thing. No, uh, friend. It's, it's you are alone. Friend. As a question. Yeah, friend. <laughs> That's what that's what there needs to be. There needs to be a sound effect on a some Star Wars social media thing, like maybe Forcebook, where if you add someone as a friend, it uses that that line of a of fat friend. <laughs> the whole thing looked like an acid trip. Um, yes, yes, it did. But it was the seventies. Yeah. So you know, I don't I don't know what we're gonna be getting in those, but I will. Uh, 
I'll probably periscope them or I, I need to look into something more than doing the whole periscope thing. I need something a little more professional. So that may be something I'll look into here coming up soon, but I, I'll definitely do an unboxing for those. I know Nate can't wait for it. I <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, Buy a tripod for your iPad like I did recently. Get one of those cheapo $25 ones. They work. They really do. Well, you just got to weight them down or they'll fall over. Well, I'm just more concerned about the actual memory in my iPad. For I would fill it up with video. Well, that's why you put it onto the computer afterwards or you delete it once it's uploaded. I don't know if I'd have enough room to even video more than just like maybe two minutes at a time. Yeah, do like two minutes at a time and then splice it together. Yeah. That's a lot. Enjoy editing. Yeah, exactly. Before we, we head out, we also have to jump into the shout out section. Shout it, shout it, shout it out we have gotten a little bit of feedback on uh, Twitter where you can reach us at uh, Cloud City Casino. And Darth Sinister reached out to us and said, Just discovered this awesome podcast, playing catch up on these episodes. Keep it up. So, Darth Sinister. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, we, we don't get a whole lot of people who reach out to us. Do that. Uh, you, you can find us there. We, uh, Alex Shelberg, also from, uh, from Star Wars Expose, even said that, uh, he said, uh, listening to the Jason Fry uh, at this moment, or the Jason Fry interview at this moment, he said, those are some killer questions. Love the show. So, we, we were having a couple people kind of reached out to us on Twitter, but that's not the only place that you can find us. We also have the Facebook page, which is just at Cloud City Casino. You can go there and like us. Uh, also, we would really like for you to send us an email. Uh, the email is at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. We still have that uh, contest going. I guess I didn't give any sort of end date on it, but for the... Um, the Jakku, the Ray's survival guide um, for the Jason Fry signed. Send us an email there by, let's say, bah, 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 bah. what's a good end date for that thing? April 1st, April Fool's Day. Easy to remember. Okay, sure. There we go. By April 1st, uh, send us an email that says, I want to survive on Jakku and just toss your, well, you don't have to toss it in there. Just say that you you want it, want it. and then once we pick the, the winner, then we'll we'll send an email back to you there. Get your get your address and get your mailing address, and then we will send the book out to the winner at that point. So we're gonna hold that drawing on the first. In the meantime, send us an email to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Feel free to go ahead and add uh you know to, to add a um some comments in that email or, or some such. It won't you know it won't help you at you know, it won't help your odds of, of winning anymore, but it will get your email read on on the air. And maybe you can give us some great ideas or something that we can cover on a show. Um, past that, I still have not prepared that character focus, so I am sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. Have I, have I talked to you about that, Nate? What I wanted to do yeah. going yeah. up? Yeah. So, so we pick a character. And going forward, I think what we'll do, let's let's go ahead and just schedule it for next week. Uh, Dwight on Twitter said, Wedge for the win. So, Dwight, that's going to be our pick. Next week, we will actually do the character focus, and we will pick Wedge for our first character. Uh, once again, we'll kind of talk about his first appearance. Uh, spoiler alert, it was A New Hope. And uh, 
perhaps a couple of uh, quick thing uh, other places that you can find him uh, even possibly in new canon and some of a uh, couple little cool merchandise items that are out uh, that are exclusively wedge things like that and anyone else who if you have a character that you would really like us to cover hit us up with with one of those places or at one of those places and we uh, we will cover we'll move on to our next character. So that pretty much handles everything on my end. Nate, where are some places that they can hit you up if they want? Well, of course, Star Wars Beyond the Films and the Star Wars Reports Rebels Roundtable are found alongside Cloud City Casino at StarWarsReport.com. My Star Wars Timeline Goal, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere, can be found at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline. And the big stuff, the new stuff, things like my Star Wars vlog from the Star Wars Home Video Library, uh, guide to Disney Infinity for Star Wars fans, Fantasy Flight Games reviews, all that stuff is on the aforementioned YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash chrono, C-H-R-O-N-O radio, all is one word. Now, chrono radio, that came out after the Force cast, right? I will slap you. <laughs> 2002 to 2007, my friend. <sighs> Sorry, I, I could not resist, but guess what? That brings us to the end of this episode. Never forget. Do I have to say it after what he did? I, I mean, at this point, don't you think you should? Let the Wookiee win. And next time, I'm going to have a plan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>